Hello guys, we are the Arseholics. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. Raj and Aaronin, how are we doing, lads? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good. Good. Sorry. Aaronin making funny faces. He's just really unprofessional. <laughs> um, I'm just happy we won. Yeah. Just in shock, yeah. Can't believe yeah. it. We have one today. Yeah, I think boys is I think it's coming. Seventh place, conference league. You excited? Uh, <laughs> what is the conference league music does the conference league have music <laughs> you know that song you know like that titanic version that they play on all these video memes when something's really rubbish that's blatantly <laughs> what it is yeah the flute version oh god yeah no it's a, it is a weird feeling though isn't it because it's obviously really uh, we, we obviously always want arsenal to win and the idea of potentially feeling chicken by Tottenham is so much fun. But yeah, like <laughs> I think we all came to peace with not playing in Europe and would rather not play in Europe than this random conference thing. So it's a very weird feeling. Yeah. But I guess before we get on to kind of where this leaves us in the league, let's talk about the game. So yeah, we've we've actually won one against Chelsea. All four of us predicted losses um on Arsenal loss tonight, but one nil away a bit of a smash and grab i guess um a bit of a smash and grab. okay a smash and grab uh, <laughs> very much a smash and grab. Yeah. um yeah, yeah i was just looking at some of the match stats actually we had 32 percent possession the whole game uh three shots the whole game two on target um yeah so very much a smash and grab but not that i'm complaining um i guess we're gonna have to start with the the lineups really because really really interesting Everyone was really surprised by how, <laughs> how Arteta said Carry on. <laughs> oh, everyone was. There was one man. Credit where it's due. Okay, so Raj, in the previous episode, for anyone who hasn't seen it, did predict that Arteta uh, might go with a back three or thought he would go with a back three, and he did today. So fair play, Raj. Yeah, do, do you know what? Actually, like, it was quite random because I... In a way, the game actually panned out how I imagined it would, in theory, right? When, in the sense that it was like, as I said on the on the last pod, I thought it was just a case where we would we would try and see if they would make a mistake first. And what actually ended up happening was close to that. Although you know they sh- they sh- we 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 still actually made the first mistake, but I guess we'll get onto that. Yeah, like it was regardless of whether I thought we'd go with a back three, the lineup still surprised me. It was still a different system than I thought we would play, you know, no wide players, etc. Do you think it was a good system? I know we won, but do you think it was a good system? I think for what he wanted to do, it's very hard to fault him now in hindsight, because I think he, he must have said to himself, I can't go toe-to-toe with these guys right now. Um, I'm going to have to play in a very, very compact way. And for the system that he picked... The system that yeah he selected, I think the lineup that he chose was spot on. Like I think that the players that he put in those positions were the right players to execute against it. Um, and so in hindsight, it's hard to fault that he had a plan. He picked a team that suited it, and they basically they basically did what he expected them to do. I, I think we he expected Chelsea to be on the front foot that they would attack, and he just hoped that we could absorb. And yeah, we got a bit lucky, but you kind of need to in football, right? So um, so yeah. Uh, yeah, credit credit where it's due. To be honest, like it's it was fairly boring, but 
you know, it's one way to win and maybe it's a way that we need to win if we're playing against teams who are far more confident and technically superior to what we are right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, I mean, like like we were just, you, you've touched on and we've touched on the big lock changes. Um, I'm not going to go through the whole team, but I guess the back three was was kind of the significant change and Saka playing in a position I don't think I've ever seen him play before. Um, right wing back. No, right. Yeah, not right. He's played left wing back a few times. Yeah, he? yeah. But on the yeah. right hand side, yeah. It's obviously very different, right? But yeah. Um, uh, um, I mean, I was just going to, well, we might as well go into the game, I guess, because like you said, there was a a big mistake from us in the first few minutes. I think it was around the 10th minute or so. Um, Pablo Mari, wasn't it? Um, allowing um, Havertz to pretty much have a free run on goal and we're very, very lucky that he skied that one over the bar. Um, and I mean, Chelsea generally dominated the game, I would say. Would you guys agree? But we obviously managed to get um, very, very lucky with our goal in the first half. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It came... Yeah, I do think we were very lucky today, but the goal came about as, you know, as a result of some decent pressing. Probably our only, you know... The only time where we actually managed to press them effectively and you know i know it wasn't like you know an amazing top level pressing but the fact that we pressed just forced Jorginho back and you know it was a terrible pass and yeah after that we got we got lucky and then smith Rowe just about managed to put it in i thought we were better before we scored to be honest right like because i think even when they flashed the possession stats up after about 20 minutes, I think, um, we actually had 55% of possession and Chelsea had 45. And I thought we played, um, it was it was pretty even, but I thought that we were still keeping the ball quite well. Everyone seemed to know what their job was. Um, and and like, you know, Aaron and said, uh, yes, we were lucky, but um, but it was a really, really good press, which, you know, ESR in his post-match interview said that something that they very specifically worked on in training. Um, and it is uh, like, fine. Um, you know, he could just be saying that, uh, it, whatever, but, um, but it is nice to think that there was a plan. It was executed and something paid off. Um, I mean, he nearly missed though, didn't he? It was a, it was a scuffed, <laughs> scuffed finish, right? He um, was, was really lucky. You saw when he took the shot, he realized that he just didn't hit it clean. He was watching the ball. Um, had that moment of panic where he thought, oh, crap, I've I've cocked this up. But yeah, he was lucky. Obviously, like you said, very good from him um, and the others, but especially him in terms of the pressing to create the chance. It's, it's quite funny because I think we were saying, weren't we? It's, it's the kind of goal that, not necessarily it's the kind of goal that Arsenal would, would concede or have been conceding this season, but it's the kind of mistake that you'd probably associate with a number of our players. And we're just fortunate yeah. that it was the other way you around. You certainly wouldn't associate it with this Chelsea team no. under Tuchel because they've been very good. Yeah, if I'm picking at very small things, one thing that I was a little bit annoyed about is if you if you watch the replays, um, when the back pass, when Jorginho's back pass is going towards goal, there's a couple of our players who basically have already think that the ball's gone in and have kind of stuck. So Odegaard was one who basically held his hands up, like you know, almost celebrating, like it it, it was it was going in. If if he hadn't have been doing that, he could have been running towards goal and would have just been another body in the box, 
in the scenario which did then transpire and it was good fine in the end because Aubameyang found ESR but you know I would have hoped that Odegaard would have had better presence of mind to just actually be more focused and just kind of run in there and you know expect that just in case it doesn't go in, um, but we're, we're, you know, I'm, I'm picking there uh, because I think, in, in fairness, some of the Chelsea players were also guilty of that. They kind of just sort of stood there and were like, "Oh my god, what's going on?" Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, like, like, like I was saying, Chelsea pretty much dominate the first half. I'm just trying to think of any kind of period that we were we were good. Really, uh, you know, defensively, we seem to be decent today. You know, we obviously had a lot to do. Um, and especially in the last period of the game, which we'll come on to. But I'm just trying to think in terms of the first half, were there any kind of key moments? I know Chelsea had a few chances. And Leno was very good um, throughout the game. I thought, I thought actually, after we scored, we were pretty average. And I thought that was the point where Chelsea, I think, probably could have scored at least an equaliser, if not two. And then Mason Mount had that chance blocked by holding. Hmm. I think that was another chance as well. There was a chance where they they somehow managed to get round the back, um, and it was kind of and I can't I can't remember who took the shot, but it was a good save from Leno. Uh, I think Marzio alluded to that, and there was another one again where, if you remember, um, I think it was Reese James. I want to say it was Reese James against Saka, and Saka kind of dilly dallied a little bit on the ball, and 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 he lost the ball in a very dangerous area, and the ball kind of came in, and and and, and we kind of got lucky again. Um, but yeah, like I think, as, like you said, Aaron, I think after we conceded, then we, it, it felt it, perhaps that was a plan. There was some element of a plan there where Arteta was like, listen, if we get, we're set up in a way, if we get a goal, let's defend and counter. And, and maybe that, that's not ideal always, right? Cause you suddenly go back in your shell and, and, and yeah. And, and, and maybe that's what happened. Yeah, I felt, especially in that first half, we we really lost control of the midfield. Mm. And we actually, I thought, put it right in the second half. But that first half, I felt we gave their midfielders, like Jorginho, a lot of time and space. I thought Partey was pretty poor. Um, and El Nenny was, you know, he was okay. Um, but then the second half, they really stepped up. I thought. Yeah, I thought Billy Gilmore played well for Chelsea, actually. Mm. Um and again, I would say I would still use the point when we scored as the bit for when it changed for me. I thought prior to that goal, I did think actually Partey and El Nenny were doing fine in the centre of midfield overall. I thought they controlled okay. But I think after that, I felt Chelsea's presence grew. I thought, um, you know, Billy Gilmore was doing a, was getting a lot of space and he was kind of being their continuity player in some respects like he was kind of transitioning the ball forward quite well and he shouldn't have been allowed to do that you know certainly someone of his age I would have expected Partey to really silence that um and yeah and it felt like they really won that central midfield battle from the point we scored onwards till the rest of the game really yeah yeah and I think it was obviously they made the they made the change Chelsea made the change at half time but it was um similar kind of pattern if not worse into the second half <clears throat> excuse me where we had a lot of a lot of defending today I was watching at one point where um Abamyang, you know the whole team were dropping very very deep to get behind the ball and Bamiang was kind of 25 yards from our goal which showed kind of how much Chelsea were trying to probe and, and press us back um they obviously had a goal disallowed as well um but you know rightly so obviously it was massively offside um 
I mean, Saka on the because obviously Saka came off in the second half, I think, on the 65th minute um, for Bellerin, who then obviously came off because he got injured. But you know, just on Saka's performance, not not that we're judging him because we know about his qualities and we know that you know there's no reason to criticise him for playing in a position he's ever played before. And I think, to be honest, I don't know if you guys feel this as well. He he just looked quite tired today. He looked a bit kind of off it from an kind of energy and fitness perspective. But <clears throat> like, do you think it's? Uh, do you think what? what why do you think? Um, Arteta went with Saka in that position when obviously we had the three right-sided players or right-backs on the bench as options. I think I think if you look at it, because we had what would have been a Bamiyang, Smith-Rowe and Erdegaard and we'd had Tierney on the left-hand side, there isn't a huge amount of attacking talent, especially with those just those three. There's a lot of people who can pass. Um, and I know Smith-Rowe can you know, run with the ball, but you don't have that directness. There's no one who's that direct. I think with Saka, you have that direct running ability. Um, but I thought on that left on that left side, on Chelsea's left, I think it was Chilwell on that left-hand side probably. Um, they handled him really well. Chilwell and Zuma, I suspect, handled him really well. And um, yeah, he didn't really get a look in. Yeah, uh, I think the other element would have been that it, it may have been a case where Arteta thought, if we go a goal down, um, we can try and shift quite quickly back into our normal formation, and uh, and then Saka could play with Odegaard and with ESR behind um, behind Aubameyang. Um, yes, it would have meant someone random may have had to play it right back for a little while, but then uh, I assumed that Arteta would have then made a half-time substitution to bring on one of his many right backs that were on the bench uh, in place of one, one of the central defenders. So I don't know if he was thinking about it like that a little bit around just the flexibility of the system. Um, but, in t- you know, like in credit to Saka, because I think you're right, he was tired, but credit to the guy who literally plays any, he can play anywhere, and he'll he'll do a job, won't he? Like I mean, I, I feel I sort of I sort of jinxed him slightly because you know I I, I commented on how I, well I thought he was doing defensively initially. I thought he was making some really good tackles and he was getting in really good defensive positions. There was a there was a point in my mind where I actually was just thinking, do you know what? Is he he could probably be our best right back still? Um, but um, but then he he did make a defensive error and and yeah, like uh, look, I don't think his future is right back. But I just credit to him, credit to him for doing a good job there. Mm. Yeah, and I mean the latter part of the second half, the, the you know the final stages of the game, final 10, 15 minutes. Like I was saying, you know we it was all Chelsea really. I think we had a one maybe one chance, a couple of chances. That I remember Erdogan having a having a half decent chance. But um, what what were your thoughts on? Because obviously Bamiyan got taken off with about ten ish minutes to go. Um, what were your thoughts on his reaction? Because he did clearly show um, his unhappiness at being taken off. I don't know. I kind of felt Sky made a bigger deal out of it than it actually was. To me, it looked like, yeah, he's a bit annoyed at being subbed off, but mm. he then went and just sat on the bench and, yeah. It was a yeah. bit, it was a bit kind of, I don't know, I, I you're, you're right. And I think Sky are always going to do that um, because it's, you know, Sky, you know, they, they, they want to get their views, whatever. Yeah. But I mean, I did feel like it was a little, <laughs> I, the thing that I was expecting as he was coming off, I saw his facial expressions. He was obviously unhappy, whatever, and you could, you know, it made it really very clear. But then I was expecting Arteta to just almost, I mean, he's not a young player or anything like that, but regardless, I would have expected Arteta to, 
as he was coming off, like, you know, crossing the crossing the touchline to sort of put his, you know, just handshake or whatever, some sort of kind of acknowledgement for the 80 minutes he put in and the assist and, you know, uh, putting in a shift, all of that. He, and there was nothing because Arteta was busy. I don't know who he was talking to. I think he was giving some tactical instructions to another player or to the, one of the coaches, I'm not sure. And he just didn't even look at him. And I thought that was... A, not reading into it too much, but I thought that was, I don't know, maybe I'm, am I reading into it too much? I feel like that was maybe something to just take note of and maybe watch for the future because, you know, you see Pep take players off who you know may not be happy to come off. No player is, you know, you always see him do that kind of arm around the shoulder, arm around him, you know, whatever. And, you know, you had a good game. So whatever, I don't know what he's saying, but, you know, he's obviously putting some sort of encouragement and positive words into his ear. Um, and Arteta did nothing, you know? So, yeah. But, I don't know. I mean, he, he took him off after 80 minutes. So Bamiyang, you know, was out with malaria two weeks ago. Mm. It's not like it's the most controversial substitution of all time. But one no up, he looked knackered. 80 minutes. It's not like he took him off after 15 minutes. He took him off after 80 minutes. And, you know, he was, he was a bit annoyed. And he went and sat down on the bench. At, like, I honestly think... It's nothing. Arteta didn't think it was a big deal. Maybe, honestly, mm. I think... Maybe he was a bit pissed. But but. There is this... Um... Uh, we were talking about it earlier as well. There was this um, article, I think it was the Athletic article, wasn't it, about the senior players. I can't remember. I think, Raj, you, you kind of looked at it um, and, and were telling us about sort of the, you know, the actual quotes from it. But yeah, some of the senior players not not particularly happy with the, the regime, if we want to call it that, and Arteta. I don't know. Maybe I'm putting two and two together and getting 100. But yeah. Mm. I, I was yeah I, I think I was paraphrasing a little bit like but I, I think that is essentially what the athletic article said it you know first it's it was actually positively commenting on how Arteta has a strong following you know with the players almost and it described it as a cult following almost um but it did allude to um some of the more senior players kind of not necessarily I can't remember the words they used but I, I think that it was alluding more to people like Bellerin and people like Xhaka who apparently may get moved on this summer. Um, I, I'm not hundred percent sure it was referring to Oba, but it's a good observation, Mize, in terms of, I, I didn't see that. I didn't, I didn't observe like Arteta's reaction to Oba, but I certainly at the time thought Sky was, ma- was making a much bigger deal of it than, than I thought was required because again, firstly for the point Aaron had made, but also I mean, it's quite possible. So, you know, if you're, if you're a striker and you've gone off and you haven't scored a goal, you might just be annoyed with your own performance. So it might just be one of those things that it's a natural reaction to just being like, Oh, I'm annoyed. I didn't score again today. You know, maybe if I stayed on, I could have got a goal on the counter, like that, those kinds of things. Um, uh, yeah, again, I, I, I didn't really think too much of it. Um, yeah, eighty minutes. If he was got, if he got subbed off after sixty minutes, then kind of mm. you know maybe I can see. But um, yeah, look, we'll 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 see. Huh? Yeah, like yeah, maybe we'll you're see. right. I mean, it's a good point what you made about yeah, maybe just wasn't happy with his own performance, which which would make sense as well. So yeah, like I said, we'll see. Hopefully, it's nothing. But yeah, um, and yeah, the last kind of couple of minutes <laughs> were pretty mad, weren't they? Where the the um, Kurt Zuma header and then Giroud almost scoring both hitting the bar and again Leno Leno again you know top form today very very good save it was a really difficult save wasn't it fingertips it was excellent it was excellent and to be honest it just capped off a brilliant performance by Leno Um, I thought he was excellent from the start in every aspect I think his he made some really important saves 
uh, and he made them in a smart way, if that makes sense. He wasn't hitting balls into back into danger zones. It was all very smart saves. Um, his distribution was excellent. I thought there were times, if you noticed, that he from goal kicks was telling the defense, "No, I'm going to go long this time." I'm going. You know, I thought he made a lot of dis- good decisions that way. There was a, a, even a moment in the first half quite early where I thought he hit an amazing ball to, uh, to Tierney, which was unfortunately, um, you know, it did, didn't quite work out, but was great vision. Um, yeah, so I, I thought every aspect of his performance for, for the whole game was was quite brilliant. And yeah, look, um, I think that there's all these rumours about him leaving. Um, there's all these rumors about him being a little bit, you know, unhappy or, or, or wanting to, you know, wanting a new challenge. And I think that's resulted in a lot of our fan base suddenly switching into self-preservation mode and, and kind of, you know, almost attacking him a little bit and saying, Oh yeah, clearly he's someone we can upgrade on. Uh, I, I think that's, I think that's, I think that's nonsense thing. Yes, we could upgrade on him. We could upgrade on anyone. Um, but I think he's an excellent keeper and I thought he was excellent today. And um, yeah, I, I, I personally, I really hope he continues his career with Arsenal. I don't see any reason for us to, to want to sell him. Yeah, I'd agree. Like, especially on that, that latter point, um, we have a lot more urgent pressing problems than creating one by selling Leno. Exactly. So let's just not even go there this summer. But fair enough, if someone wants to give us 30, 30 million for him, we'll, maybe we'll consider it. But I can't see anyone, any of the top clubs don't really need a goalkeeper. Would, would you not say he's more, worth more than 30 million to, to, a, to a, another club? I think goalkeeper, like in the post-pandemic world where, you know, I think you're, you're only really going to get 30 or 40 million for a goalkeeper if, a top top club comes in from him, like a big money club, mm. and I don't think PSG, PSG is sorted. Man City is sorted. Most of the clubs have um, their goalkeeper sorted, and you know, I think, I yeah, uh, yeah, okay, fair enough. I mean, I'd be, I'd be quite disappointed if. I mean, it doesn't sound like we want to sell him. It's more the no. the, the talk is that he's potentially looking at his future, and you know. Uh, you know we're not in Europe anymore probably not in Europe anymore um and he and, and he sort of expects better and that that was the kind of you know that were the, that were the rumors that were coming out but yeah I'd be quite disappointed if it was only around 30 million to be honest because he's at his peak you know international goalkeeper um Premier League experience you know um so I certainly agree mate I mean I, I think I can see both sides to it I can't imagine a club paying us more than 30 million for him but i would be disappointed if we sold him for 30 million like who jordan pickford went for 30 million um you know to to everton um do you know what i mean and that was i think i think 30 million is a is a region where if you went out in the market and you spent 30 million on a keeper i don't think you're 100 percent certain of getting a worldie of a keeper there right mm. like top top keepers cost a lot more uh, you saw how much Kepper went for, right? Like, I mean, so uh, what I would be concerned about is if we received 30 million for Leno and then thought, well, let's reinvest that 30 million for another keeper. I'm not really sure who's a, a spot on guaranteed, you know, who could you guarantee to play at the at least the level of Leno um, for 30 million is my question, I guess. But uh, hey. If, um, if Nero was here, you know what he would say. I know. Absolutely. He would say, go for Amy Martinez back. He would say, spend the whole transfer budget on Martinez, wouldn't he? <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
Oh, well, look, we managed to get away with a win today. Um, I think it's also worth mentioning uh, a player who had a very, very good game, Smith Rowe, again. Um, I mean, it's kind of a game like today. He really showed how good he is. Um, obviously, not just not just the goal, but just generally, every time this guy picks up the ball, he's just so exciting to watch. I'm so glad that he got given that chance against Chelsea at um, back at Christmas or back on Boxing Day because who knows if we hadn't have had those players out then, you know, what kind of could have happened for him. But obviously it's worked out really well. And um, yeah, just very excited to see where players like him and Saka go now. Sorry, not where they go, but how we build the team around them, hopefully, and how they kind of progress with Arsenal. But yeah, he had a fantastic game today. Yeah, really good. Um, You know, just with him, yeah, I think he's been fantastic. I think he not only can do individual things, but I feel like he makes players around him better as well. Um, Erdegaard looks better. Saka looks better, all for him being in the team. And I think we've got really, really lucky this season with the fact that we've essentially got two players who, if we wanted to go and buy that level of contribution in the market, we'd probably have to pay 40, 50 million pounds each. And we've got them for free. Um, So, yeah, well done to the academy coaches and the you know people bringing them through the ranks because yeah you know, this is why we have an academy because every three four years we save ourselves 50 million quid um and you know there are two positions now we don't have to worry about hopefully for 10 years you know let's see how they develop and how they um go on and hopefully they can keep on getting better but if smith Rowe you know, even if he maintains this level for the next five, six years, I'd be very happy, but chances are he'll get even better. Yeah, I'll be honest, I don't think we've come anywhere near seeing what the best of him is. And the reason I say that is all the things that I thought he was good at prior to his breakthrough at Arsenal, he hasn't really, really done those things. It's been other things that he's been doing. So for me, his reputation, whenever I've seen any highlights of the youth teams and hearing what Huddersfield kind of whenever I'd kind of read anything about how he was doing at Huddersfield it would always be about how how precise his passes were being able to find someone in a phone box you know kind of just very very kind of like all that precision um his long range shooting looked excellent all of those things I feel we haven't even really seen yet um what we've seen is just this amazing energy and amazing directness, uh, fantastic close control and fantastic like intricacy, you know, with his feet. And I think one thing that he lacks, which, which hopefully should come, is just loads of self-confidence. Um, I think that games like today, he played with a lot of confidence and it showed he basically just took the game by the horns and was just very brave. But there are games where it feels like, he goes into his shell completely and you really don't see much of him at all. He just kind of drifts on the periphery and doesn't get too involved. And when he can eliminate those, a really good comparison, I think, guys, is is Mason Mount. Because I think Mason Mount now has found this confidence Hmm. um, where he believes that he is going to be one of the biggest impacts in a game. And, And I would argue that on natural ability you can look at some of the things that ESR is doing and say, well, he surely natural ability is just as good as Mason Mount, right? You know, and you'd, you'd hope for me, I hope he looks at someone like Mason Mount and go, what, what Mason Mount is doing at the moment is doing that Lampard thing of, of trying to influence every single game. 
with that belief that you're going to make an impact every single game. If he gets that, oh man, I think I think the sky's the limit for ESI. I think his ceiling's massive. Yeah, because Arteta did say in last game that he has a potential to be a 15-goal season player, right? So, yeah, if he can add goals to his game, and that's probably one area where you haven't seen him really develop. Um, and to be fair, a lot of our midfielders this season have struggled with that, which is, you know, contributing goals when we need it. Um, and, yeah, if he can add that, then, yeah, we've got... Uh, top top player on our hands just hope he can maintain it he's he's, he's definitely um i mean if the, the two goals he scored in the last two games obviously they've re- resulted in him or they've come as a result of him you know actually getting himself into the box and we've been critical of plenty of arsenal teams in the past not getting enough players into the box the midfielders not breaking into the box you know play, we didn't have, we haven't really had many players like aaron ramsey just to name one who was really good at that and um you know maybe that's something that the coaches have looked at and told him to do more often um because opportunities will come. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Good stuff. I mean, in terms of where we are in the league now, uh, <laughs> puts us in eighth place. Well, we, well, we were not, we were ninth at the start of the night, weren't we? So puts us in eighth place, a point behind Tottenham. They've got a game in hand and two behind Liverpool, three behind West Ham. I mean, I don't think we're looking at catching any of them, but, Raj, you said it a week or so ago that we have a very good chance of catching Spurs and we've obviously won two on the bounce now. Yeah, mate. I mean, their games aren't easy and they're not playing well. Um, Mm. Yeah, people are saying that Wolves, Villa don't have anything to play for, but I don't really completely agree with that. I think at this stage of the season, there's a lot that goes through players' heads. I think a lot of players play for the likes of Wolves and Villa might be looking and thinking, you know, Maybe we, we can put ourselves in the shop window. <clears throat> I think also with Villa, if they finish in the top half, well, that's a really great result for Villa. And I think they'll want to do that. And um, and Tottenham don't, you know, they, they know they're in this interim phase. They don't know who their next manager is going to be. Um, so, yeah, like, I mean, I didn't think we'd win today, right? Like, but at the end of the day, if we if we get four points from our next two games... That still makes it very. That that's a, there's still a lot of pressure on Tottenham to get results in those three games, you know. So um, so it could be. And they've got they've got Leicester, haven't they, away in the last game as well. So could go down to the final day, which would be <laughs> which would be nice. Um, and what I mean, what would you, would you guys would you guys take finishing above Spurs if it means we enter the Conference League next season? <laughs> on it, honestly. We we haven't finished we haven't finished above them in is it four years I think four seasons oh, so torn um, <laughs> if it was a Europa League I would be like one hundred percent right and it shows yeah, how yeah. far we've fallen now where we're saying like Europa League is amazing um, I just think the benefit the cost of taking part in this competition which is going to be Thursday nights I think the kickoff times are something like. 5.30 UK time or 6 o'clock UK time on Thursdays against some very average teams in Europe. And the prize of that is getting into the Europa League, which is insane. Um, we will benefit so much more by not being in that competition and just being go game to game. I think will get us potentially, you know, eight or nine more points in the league just by 
you know, Arteta not having to like disappear off the training. Even if we rest all of our first team players, he's still got to take the coaches, yeah. three or four players away for two games, two days at the week. Um, for, I don't know. I, you know, I know not being in Europe for us is a big thing, but this this new competition just isn't for me. Yeah, I'm really torn by it. it honestly, like I, I just, I, I, I'm. The the idea of finishing above Tottenham, they're our biggest rival. Um, it's our biggest car crash of a season. I still remember being fearful at the beginning of the year that Tottenham, the beginning of the season that Tottenham were going to win the league. You know when they were when they were playing pretty well. Just that all culmination of that would make me feel. It would just I think it would give me some a bit of a lift going into going into next season. Um, but I, I agree with you. I, I at the same time I think it's just such because I, I thought the same thing, Aaron, and I thought. Do you know what? Like maybe if we just played a complete B team in that European competition, fine. But then I thought about it and thought, well, no, but he's still got to travel and you still got to train and prepare the team. And so it's it's just not it's not worth it, is it? So it, it's it's a tough one. Look, I think it's just one of those scenarios, Mars, where it's like there's a positive in either outcome, <laughs> you know. Um, and uh, I think I just kind of have to take it that way, really. I'm not, I could be wrong, but I think. If you finish seventh, you, I don't think you qualify directly for this thing. I think we have to play a qualifying round to get in it. Oh, wow. So um, maybe we could finish seventh and then just throw the qualifying game, play like the under 10s, and, um, and go out of the qualifying rounds next season. I would be okay with that. <laughs> but honestly, to be honest, I think like, Everton have got two games on hand and I'll say play tomorrow. Yeah. I think it's still going to be really, really tough for us to seven. Yeah. But, you know, we were just talking about this offline. Myers, you know, I think you weren't joined by then. There was a stat that was on Twitter today. Over the last 25 games that Chelsea and Arsenal have played in the league, we have the same amount of points. Hmm. Which is oh, right. okay. mad. Look- I, saw, I saw another one which is very similar, which is basically games since Christmas. Yeah. League table since Christmas, including today, we're third. Yeah. Um, just under Man United. So, is it? You do, do you guys think? I mean, yeah, obviously, the turn of form and results has, has been much better, but it couldn't have got much worse, right? Since the first half of the season. But do you guys think that is. I mean, do you think it's something that's going to continue? I.e., is it, it, was it just a case of we were just that bad at the start of the season um, and we've turned a corner and we've still been very, very inconsistent and still lost plenty of games, but other teams seem to have almost done the same where teams are beating each other and they're, apart from maybe City and maybe United, there haven't been any other standout teams that have kind of just taken third and fourth spot by the scruff of the neck and said, you know, we're going to have this and 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 gone on a good run. Um, like you said, Spurs have been poor. Liverpool have been kind of average this season. West Ham has started to falter. Leicester have faltered. So do you, I guess what I'm trying to ask is, you know, do you think what we've seen since Christmas is going to be enough if we start, if we see the same kind of form going into next season when you factor in how other teams may perform as well, assuming they perform better, the likes of Liverpool? And- enough, enough for what? Arteta to keep his job um, enough for us to be happy as fans. But where, where, so like I think 
if you look at our post Christmas form, I think that we're probably the sixth best, sixth or fifth best team. Like I would put us up there with like Spurs, Liverpool, maybe West Ham, but I know West Ham have been playing really well mm. throughout the season. Um, and, and it makes you think, right? That stat of that we're like third in our since Christmas. Like we've dropped so many stupid points as well after Christmas, right? Um, and yeah, I look. I think if we if we play like we have been, ultimately, I know the stats say we've been doing okay, but I still think that's only going to get us to like fifth or sixth. I think for us to really challenge top four, we have to still improve quite considerably going forward. We need to figure out a way of scoring goals more consistently. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, yeah, isn't that? It's basically what it comes down to, isn't it, guys? Because the stats will show that we actually defend quite well. That's what the stats will show. The stats will show we don't concede many goals. I think it's the fourth best defensive record in the league. Um, but as we know, that's basically at the expense of us playing more expansively and spending more time in the opposition third right and we just don't score many goals so we so i guess to answer your question my like it's not enough because we need to figure out a way in which we can score more goals but not compromise on on how we are de- defensively um and that for me is going to have to come by a combination and one of these things might feed the other but it's going to be a combination i think of better players coming in and Arteta then having the confidence in those players to allow us to release the handbrake a little bit more and, you know, maybe take some of the controls out of his system. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I think if he doesn't do that, I don't think it's enough. I'd probably agree with that personally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. I mean, that, well, let's hope we at least finish the season. Um Strongly, obviously, we've yeah won three on the bounce now in the league, so um, a couple of more games to go. Palace in a week's time, or in just under a week's time, um, sometime midweek next week. Um, what are we thinking about that one, boys? How do we think that one's going to go? Palace away. Well, go on, Raj. What I was going to say is we don't tend to win at Palace. I can't remember the last time we won at Palace. I know. We've actually gone. Mize, I think you and I have been a couple of times. The last the last few times away at Palace, I think. At, at least the last twice. Anyway, point is, mm. uh, we've, I think we've drawn all those games. And I actually remember, actually, drawn and lost. Uh, I can't remember a win. Um, so I think on that basis, just from those memories, I can't visualise us winning. But then, you know, I didn't visualise us winning today. Uh, but I think the difference is, I think the difference is, we're not going to go to Palace away and play this system. We're not going to go to Palace away and go, look guys, let's, let's just like defend and, and counter. I, I don't think he'll do that. Um, and then as a result of that, we, I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing in the current place in, you know, cu- currently where we are in mentally. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I personally, I, I, if we're going to skip to predictions, I, I'd probably go to a draw. I'd go for a draw. Five five or <laughs> <laughs> it's generally it's generally two two, isn't it? That's like seems to be a, a, a score line that sticks in my head. I think, um, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with two two. Aaron, uh, yeah. So I just think it's you know away games in this league this season 
just aren't really the same, right? And I think Palace away. Palace will have fans. Oh, they'll have fans. Will they? No way. Yeah, yeah. yeah have, oh, oh, final home game. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Cool. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the last two games will have fans. Okay, yeah. Cool. This is interesting. Is okay. It, well, how many? I'm a bit less confident. <laughs> yeah. How, um, how many fans will they have? Out of interest. 25% up to 10K. So how big, I don't know how big their ground is, but probably about 10K. I see. Mm. No, well, um, yeah. Um, it's quite small. 20, yeah, it's, pretty, it's like 20 something thousand, isn't it? Oh, is it? I thought it was bigger than that. But it's quite funny because, you know, for a, for, a, for a club with a famous atmosphere, and they do have, I think, fantastic fans in terms of atmosphere. Um, when we've gone, there's always been a, a random thing going on, which has meant the atmosphere has been terrible. Like, I think one of the times we were there, um, they were doing some kind of protest. That, like it was like a silent protest. I don't know if you remember, like, but like they're, they're basically the fans hardly made any noise. I think it was a it was like a protest that I think the owners are at Sky or something. Yeah, you know, like a big series. Like it was something like this, and um, yeah. yeah, and and so and uh, yeah, like uh, <laughs> basically, hopefully they channel that. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, like but, but twenty five thousand. Yeah. Okay. Probably less than 10, but yeah, yeah. decent number, yeah. yeah. So, oh, okay, this changes things. Um, I hope, I still think we'll have enough to beat them. I just don't think Palace are that good. They're just so inconsistent. It must be so annoying being a Palace fan. Be like, um, like being an Arsenal fan then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it depends if like, because I think Benteke started scoring goals now and, and Zaha's, you know, he hasn't, well, again, he's been ridiculously inconsistent this season. I just feel like maybe Zaha might be one of those players that wants to put himself in the shop window and might be trying to play for a move. I mean, if he is doing that, his last couple of games, I've watched him and he's been rubbish. But um, Yeah, I was telling me, I, I was I was talking to my mate Kish, the Palace fan, and, and he, I was saying the same thing. Zaha recently, his body language has been really weird. Like, I think there's always been this thing about him over the last couple of seasons where it's been around, you know, maybe playing for a move or whatever. But he strikes me as someone who's almost playing like he's realised it's too late and and now he's just really annoyed about it. Um, and I think that in combination with the fact that half the Palace squad are out of contract this summer, including, you know, the manager who's, you know, clearly off. I think they were just in a really weird place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think... Zaha's probably still angry that he didn't get that move to Arsenal when Emery wanted him, and then we went for Pepe instead. Yes, um, I think he really like he was really he mu- he must be right because they they priced him out of a move like what what was their value like seventy five yeah like I mean right no one's going to pay that for him especially not us I know we paid a lot for Pepe but he's like he's coming towards the end of not the end of his career but he's what twenty nine is he third twenty nine thirty yeah yeah he's around Lacquer's age isn't he. So, yeah, I think, who knows? I mean, I'll go 1-1. One, one. <laughs> so, like who knows and who cares? But... I, I thought you said we were going to have enough to beat them. <laughs> I did, but then you said the fans are going to be there. Yeah, that's true. We'll probably, like, brick it and just... But for, we like no like the, the players won't be able to hear Arteta anymore. <laughs> that's that's going to be a good thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like Gabriel just won't know where to pass the ball anymore. <laughs> it's going to be a disaster. Um, yeah, that's 
No, no, I'll, I'll change it. I'll, go, I'll, I'll be confident. 2-1 to Arsenal. 2-1. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty confident in this one. I think pressure's off. This is when these boys are going to turn up now. Yeah. Um, get us that seventh place. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to go 3-1 Arsenal. I think we'll win. I think we'll win the remaining two games. Excellent. So none of us think we're going to lose. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. So you're here for the 1-0 loss. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> cool. Oh, um, And I guess the other thing worth mentioning is we were, well, we got some good news today, didn't we, lads? So we obviously haven't been, no one has been going to football in this country for a very, very long time. Or well, majority of people, I think there were some games at Wembley. Um cut the semi-finals but yeah uh, we obviously haven't been to any games but we are lucky enough to be able to get to the um the brighton game in a week and a half week and a half yeah yeah um all four of us well three of us and nero um will be there buzzing for that can't wait to get we back really can't wait literally can't been wait. over like it's insane right because you think about it the last game i don't even remember the exact last game but it would have been, been around march because I remember me and Nero were planning to go to Brighton away. Yeah. Because you got you guys couldn't go. And um that was the game where Arteta got COVID, right? And literally oh, yeah. kicked off the yeah, yeah, yeah. Of football. Um and yeah, so given like we're all used to going to games once every two weeks, once every week, and we've gone like a year and a bit without stepping into a football ground. Um it's gonna be a bit surreal. Do you know what I find mental is that we're at the end of the season and when we, if we, obviously we are going to the Brighton game, that will be the first time we've seen a couple of these players in the flesh. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Didn't even think of that. Wow. Right. Didn't even think yeah. of that. That's mad, isn't it? Yeah, it's proper we're, bad. And we're in the fifth row as well. So if you're watching this and you're watching the game next week, keep an eye out for us. Yeah. Can we sit together? Are we sitting together? Are we a bubble? How does it work? I have no idea. I don't know how that works because you know, like the the Brit Awards were yesterday, right? And then if you looked at the crowd, there's no, they didn't require any social distancing, so like the seats were together. So I don't know if the same rules apply for you know for for us. Um, I didn't check our oh, seat outdoors, numbers. right? Technically, so yeah, yeah. Well, let's see, but yeah. Like I said, really excited about that. Can't wait. Unfortunately, it's not, probably not going to be a game that's going to mean very much, but regardless... Um, well, it could do. It could be the game that said above Spurs. True. Not true. Even. That is true. But it could be the game that gets us seventh place if we win, so might. Uh. it's a bit of a tricky one. Um, but yeah, I guess uh, between that, we've got Palace. So, boys, nice one. Good chat again. We'll see everyone after the Palace game next week and uh, we'll be building up to the final game of the season as well so until then guys thanks for tuning in thank you cheers bye yeah bye yeah